You are tuned to 3CR, 855 AM, Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do. And everything can change. Beyond Zero is a not-for-profit research and education organization. We design blueprints for a zero-emissions economy. As climate change becomes more apparent, leaders will use these well-researched plans that show a transition is possible from a 19th-century fossil fuel-based economy with its climate-changing emissions to a zero-emissions 21st century. Check out our website for reports on zero-emissions energy, zero-emissions buildings and zero-emissions high-speed rail. Podcasts of our talks with a who's who of climate change action are all available at Beyond Zero Emissions. If you have some ideas of this show, contact us at radio team at beyondzeroemissions.org. Welcome to Beyond Zero Emissions Community Radio Program. This is After the Smoke Clears Part 3. What about politics? Today we return to the Latrobe Valley for the upcoming state election on November the 24th. As our first guest, Tracy Lund, says, across the nation people are looking at this seat because there's a lot at play here. Some of you might have noticed that there have been a slew of stories in the press about the electorate of Morwell. That's because nationally, climate change reform has slowed down to a crawl and sometimes even gone backwards. Action is left to the states, and areas that generate electricity are key in this debate. For 25 years, Morwell has felt the sting of a poorly managed transition. This transition was not from coal to renewables, but from the state's own owned commission to privately owned corporate entity. Some people I spoke to said the Valley was traumatised by the experience. How is this going to impact on how they vote? It's an interesting question. I went out and spoke to some of the candidates. We have already had Labor's Mark Richards on the show with his discussion about a just transition. Today, we will look at some independents. We have Tracy Lund, who ran in 2014 and made more well into a marginal seat in the aftermath of the 2014 file. We will also be talking to Ray Burgess, but more on him later, and the Greens candidate, Dan Caffrey. So stay tuned, and here is Tracy Lund. I'm joined by Latrobe Valley politician and activist, Tracy Lund. She's here at the Morwell Neighbourhood House, which is the touchpoint for the community around Morwell, a community that has historically been one of the most economically depressed in all of Victoria. Tracy came to prominence after the Hazelwood Mine Fire of 2014 when she ran as an independent against Russell North. Many say the fire was the moment the valley found its voice. Tracy will be running again as an independent for the 2018 Victorian state election. Hey, Tracy. Hello. Hello. What, what can you do for the valley that none of the other candidates can? So what I think um, that I bring to the position is that my work and my passion is really around the people. So unlike um, candidates that are tied to parties, my priorities are really the community's priorities and I can advocate effectively for that and I'm not, I'm not serving two masters. Yeah, so you feel that the major parties are not representing the valley? I, I think that the, there has been considered effort to try and make that happen. I don't think we've landed where we need to land and so that is one of the reasons why I decided to nominate um, because I think in every election there should be alternatives and they should be good alternatives and I think, you know, I feel like I've done a, a fantastic body of work here in Latrobe Valley mm-hmm. and I understand what the um, issues are as we're going forward and I'm really passionate about ensuring that we have a bright and wonderful future. Yeah. So... Is there a divide between the interests of the Valley and the interests of Melbourne Metro? As in, do I think that do we you, all want different things? Do you, think, do you think it's possible to represent both of those or anyone who's... Do you think the issue with the major parties is they're too concerned with representing the city and don't understand local needs? I think to have a handle on a place like um, the seat of Morwell, you have to be very entrenched in the community. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I think that it is quite difficult to manage the direction of a party 
um, and the needs of this community. Because um, I, I passionately and wholeheartedly feel that if we fail in our work to transition this community, um, if we fail here, it is, you know, we're going to fail everywhere and the impact will be felt in Melbourne. It'll be felt across Victoria or it'll be felt across the nation. Um, so I think the priority really needs to be um, for us about looking forward, looking at our future. Yep. And how do we, we know that coal is here and it's part of our short and medium term future, but how do we transition to a longer game here? Um, how do we transition our community away from coal and you know the things that need to happen there? So I think there is a body of work and I think there is a divide. Um, certainly within the parties and the pressures they get. So, yeah, like I said, it's I'm offering an alternative. And so what plans do you have as a candidate uh, to ensure that workers aren't left out in your transition? So I think it's about a suite of options. I don't think we need... What we've seen to date is that all our eggs have been in one basket, um, you know, which has predominantly been with coal. Um, so I think we need to support opportunities to invest and grow our renewable options here and also support our small businesses and, and invest in them and help them to grow. So I don't see our long-term future about being invested in one area. I feel that it needs to be a suite of options. And I think that if we can, can make that the priority, then we will see job growth. And you've already seen some investment in that space already, and you're starting to see job diversity. Okay. Are there, are there any projects that are running at the moment that, that you think um, represent that positive transition where you have jobs? I, um, not in terms of thousands of jobs, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I think, you know, we, we do need to be looking at a suite of options. So I think we've seen some good investment in um, opportunities for solar here in the valley, um, but, you know, we need more. We need more of those opportunities and not to just be, you know, in one area. I think there's a whole component of manufacturing and things like that that can yep. be bought here as well. So, you know, we don't want to be in a position that we, we have all our eggs in one basket again. Yeah. Um, so I think that diversification is really, really important. So do you think climate change is going to be an important issue in this run up to the state election? I think globally it is a big issue and you're starting to hear more and more people comment on it, more and more people are becoming invested in it and I think that is fantastic. Um, But I think for our little community here, Mm -hmm. it is still a conversation that is a bit of a struggle. Um, But that doesn't mean we can't have it and it doesn't mean that we can't have people that are invested in, in really looking at that. And I think... As we go forward, more and more people are looking at the future and they are looking at, you know, where are we going to be in 5, 10, 15 years um, with our children, our grandchildren? And I think that there is a conversation about really looking at, at people that can that are prepared to make the tough decisions now for future generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is something that I'm passionate about and I think it is something that is bubbling away on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you spoke about... Uh transition away from or still there's still being a future for coal in the short to medium term what 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 does that mean so what i think what i believe is that you can't switch one off and turn the other one on we're not ready for that we Mm -hmm. haven't set up the infrastructure for that to happen um and then while at the moment that we have um and you know federal federal governments that aren't supporting that the the transition and, and not putting in policies in place that we can actually you know drive forward. Um, I think we we are behind. So when I say short to medium term, um, my understanding is that the companies have already given um, closed dates. So that's where I, I mean you know we might have ten maybe twenty years, mm-hmm. um, and it might be less than that. It might be five years. I don't think anyone can magically, you know, tell us an exact date. So that's why I see it as part of our short and medium term. But I don't feel that it will be part of our long-term future. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how are the greens seen in the valley? So I think there's a perception in the valley that um, the Greens are city centric, mm-hmm. and that come out. They, you know, that they, they might come out with um, policies, and that that really aren't reflective of the needs of the community of Latrobe Valley, and that in some cases are detrimental. 
yeah. um, to those needs. So I think for me, you know, a lot of this is about really having good relationships with people and good understanding of mm-hmm. the platforms people are coming from and trying to integrate all of those together. Yeah. So I'd just like to go back to privatisation. Um, do you think that that fed the idea within the Valley that it was that it's, it's been abandoned by the major parties? I think that's what happened with privatisation. Yeah. What, we, what we saw is a um, failure to regulate you to support this community in any way and successive governments walked away and left the community um, and there wasn't anything put in place to capture that um, and to support it or to help it transition in any way there wasn't another industry brought in there wasn't any government departments there was none of these things that were happening it was just left to its own means so I think you know the what we saw even up until 2014 was the direct results of privatisation and neglect by successive governments. Yeah. Do you think that people in the Valley are angry? I wouldn't say angry. I I don't feel anger is part of it, but I think that there's a realisation since 2014 that maybe we haven't been looked after and we don't have to keep suffering the consequences of successive government's failures anymore, that we actually have some power ourselves. Mm. And what I think we saw in 2014 when the seat was made marginal was the first time this community had an opportunity to, to push back with its vote and say, you know, we're not putting up with this anymore. And we all know that a marginal seat matters. You know, that's where you you see investments come in, you see, you know, politicians of all persuasion really looking at the seat and, and um, looking at how they can invest or how they can do better. And um, I passionate, passionately believe that that is a really important thing for Morwell as we go into the 2018 election. Oh, great. Um, so uh, my experience is that you arrive here in the, in the valley and... As an, as an outsider, there seems to be an, a, a, an official, wel- like a welcoming party. So there seems to be a lot of places that you, you touch touch on first and there's very well uh, equipped to deal with the media and they, they speak very eloquently. But it seems to me that below that surface level, there seems to be people that are... are, are, are you, you were less inclined to use the word angry, but kind of disillusioned with politics and Ab- sick of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think anger is quite, quite the right word, but um, there is a disillusionment with what has been delivered to the Valley. Um, but there's also an understanding that there's we have power. Mm. This should be the most powerful seat in the state. And I've said this a number of times. This, this seat has powered the yeah. entire state and two others. Um, so when I, I, I feel the change has been in 2014, what I, I think we were seeing is that people were, they were angry after the mine fire, they were frustrated and they really didn't know, you know, where to from here. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was, it was never going to change. And I think in 2014, when the seat became marginal, that's when we saw a change in the community. Um, many in the community now see this uh, seat as an opportunity and they feel like they've got a voice. They feel okay. like they can, they can actually push back and demand things now that perhaps they didn't have the voice or the opportunity to do before. And they know that their vote is powerful. Yeah. Um, and you can see that everywhere you look here, you can see, you know, there's, um, you know, politicians of all persuasion come in and out of this seat all the time. Yeah. And previous to 2014, it was really didn't get a look in from either side of government. Yeah. Um, but now it matters. Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, I might be reaching far here, but I would actually say that across the nation, people are looking at this seat um, because, you know, there's a lot at play here. Um, like we discussed earlier, the, you know, the, the politics are, are very dynamic and they're going to, to really shape where we go in the valley uh, over the future and, and certainly in the short to medium term. Um, but we've also got, you know, we've got an industrial heartland that has to transition. This is playing out across communities, uh, you know, across the nation. Um, mm-hmm. So I do believe that Morwell, the seat of Morwell is really sort of, you know, the seat that everyone's looking at going, how are you doing this? What are you doing? You know, because you will see, we're going to see other places follow suit. Great. 
Uh, well, Tracy, best of luck with the uh, election. And thank no you worries. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks. Cyclone is pretty grim. Shocking. Do you ever feel like just switching off? Well, don't. Switch on to Beyond Zero Emissions Community Radio Show every Monday at 5pm on 3CR and beat the doom and gloom to find out the latest actions and research in your community. VZE Radio at 5pm on Monday. Turn the tide, literally. You're listening to 3CR Radio. A quick note. We here at BZE Community Radio try to give each side of politics an even chance to explain their position. I tried multiple times to get the Nationals' Morwell nominee, Sheridan Bond, and the Liberal nominee, Dale Harriman, onto this show. Both have stated that they will build a new coal-fired power station if elected, and both declined my offer to interview. Our next guest, Ray Burgess, could be a controversial choice for some listeners. Ray is sceptical about climate change and believes that a new coal-fired power station is required in the valley. We decided that Ray was an important voice to include on the program because he represents a portion of the electorate that don't believe in climate change. These are people we need to engage with rather than shut out because they vote. Our CEO at a recent launch of Electrifying Industry said, As the climate change continues to escalate, so too does the importance of sharing knowledge across sectors and networks, finding common ground and identifying new areas of opportunity. Having said that, I want to re-emphasise that we here at BZE do believe that climate change represents an impending threat to humanity. I have read the IPCC summary and can attest to its conclusions. They are compelling. The report states, There is a very high confidence in continued substantial increases in projected mean, mean, maximum and minimum temperatures, projected in line with our understanding of the effects of further increases in greenhouse gas concentrations. In other words, man-made climate change is very real. I will include on the show notes a link to what this means for the future of Gippsland and Morwell in particular. It's the usual suspects. More frequent extreme weather events, lower rainfall, more fires, higher sea levels. This would make life harder for local farmers and a population that has already suffered immensely due to the fire in 2014. At BZE, we understand that action is required now, action that does not include untested technologies like clean coal or high-efficiency, low-emissions power stations. It is very important there is no ambiguity in our position here at BZ. Now, here is Ray. So I'm joined by Ray Burgess. He is running as an independent for the seat of Morwell in the upcoming Victorian state election on a pro-coal platform. He owns a news agency in Morwell and has worked for 15 years in the power industry. That's right, right? Yep, that's right. Yep. 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 Um, at your lawn and Hazelwood. Hello, Ray. Yep. Good morning. Um, so you're, uh, you're saying is for the valley, from the valley. Is the valley not being represented by the major parties in the state election? Well, I think... Uh, most people in the valley feel a little bit let down by um, the government's either persuasion. Um, there's been a, a substantial amount of, of, of Labor government in the last uh, 20 years, um, uh, four years of Conservatives. If you look at the, the outcomes uh, for some of the metrics that um, you might measure a society by, like... Um, Educational outcomes, health outcomes, uh, employment outcomes. Yep. Um, you know, you, you can sort of go on with those. Um, and the valley has, uh, we're, we're either high or low, depending on which end of the metric you're looking at, mm. uh, compared across the state. And we've been that way since uh, 2001. And um, I'm sure you've read Bob Birrell's report. And if you if you cross out the 2001 date at the bottom of that report, you will see you can put in 2018 mm. and many of the metrics are still the same 20 years have gone by and nothing's really changed okay what do you think about climate change you're you're, you're a scientist mm-hmm. yeah, well i'm a, I'm a well I'm not, I'm not a climate scientist i'm not a no, me- no. i'm not a meteorologist but i have a training i have training in, in science and engineering um my my take on on uh, climate change is that I'm not convinced that CO2 is the full the full villain. And then the big question that, that that they ask here, the meteorologists, is what's the climate sensitivity? Which is where if you double the amount of 
carbon dioxide, what will the temperature be? And they've got no clue. And no one can confidently say what it is. So obviously I'm really interested in what drove you to run as an independent Mm -hmm. for the seat of Morwell in this upcoming Victorian state election. It takes... It takes a lot. It takes a lot of time. It's a lot of work. Um, you're few, doing it on your own dollar, and a few bob. Yeah, that's yeah. Actually, it's not without a, a cost. That's right. Why do you think it was necessary? Well, what when in 2016 when the um, when the the Fairfax Press were were sort of leaking out that Onji were considering um, uh, closing Hazelwood, um, I had. Uh, people, and uh, it was the worst because being an early morning business, the news agency, I, I had to see lots of uh, mostly blokes uh, travelling through uh, on their way to work, stopping by me, get their paper smokes, whatever they drink, whatever. And uh, they were saying to me, well, What do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to um, come out of this? And I said, Well, they won't, I'm sure they won't close it, um, close it straight up. You know, yeah. they'll, it'll be a staged, a staged closure, yeah. and 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 that seemed to be the consensus that everyone had. Right. And then, of course, when they made the announcement that they were clo- closing it in five months, you know, all hell broke loose, and, mm. and and the conversations were more intense and more, you know, these these boys were really worried about their futures. Yeah. And um, and and their comment to me is, who's t- who's talking for us? Who's who's speaking up for us? Right. And and I think they don't they felt that their union wasn't doing it. Um, uh, no one was no one was speaking from a well. Hang on, Coles, the what what we need. So these guys were coming to me, and I'm thinking, yeah, no one is talking for us. No one is speaking from that perspective. That shut the that shut the power station, you know, and and, and move on. Um, we all knew that it was going, but we didn't think that it was going to happen so quickly. Yeah. And we were really annoyed at that. Yeah. People were annoyed that that, and so straight away that sort of resentment or that annoyance. Um, come through it come from the people that and not just the the workers the others the mums and dads and other others that come to a shop yeah so for for me from the outside can you describe the valley's political factions in the valley so there's a lot of conservative people in the valley here and a lot of um aspirational people yeah. um so we, we have high wealth and then and then there's also um um a lower socioeconomic base as well now what what happened um, in the mine fire? As the community got angrier, there were a number of groups that um, that um, pre- presented a voice to the valley, and and they were worthwhile groups. And this is your uh, Wendy Farmers mm-hmm. of this world, and your, and your Tracy Lunds, and they and they really um, so so that they they sort of groups. So there was this more activist um, idea from a health basis uh, that that come through at the last election, and, and Tracy Lund did quite well. Yeah, and she, there was a lot of people that that, that supported her uh, at that election. Yeah, okay. And do you think that that activist portion represents like a small minority within the community? No, I, I think I think there's a, a an activist um, portion in all of us. Yeah, and, and I have to say that the things that these people were saying back then, I, I completely agreed with the idea of the um, of the health study. Yeah, well, let's you know we, we've been exposed to a, a, a really bad uh, situation for six weeks. Yeah, let's let's see. And and, and being a scientist, I, I'm looking for data. Yeah. So I'm looking for for a quantifiable yeah. data that you can say, listen, you know, there's a, a definite definite relationship here uh, and a statistical relationship between cause and effect. And this is the same sort of uh, mm-hmm. idea that drives my idea on climate change mm-hmm. and CO2. You know, you, we, I need to be, it needs to be demonstrated. And so hopefully the health study will be able to do that yeah. and, um, and, and, and that will then clear up a lot of the um, either, uh, either say that we have an issue or, or clear up some of the anxiety that people are yeah. feeling about their health. Yeah, so how do you feel in, in like four and a half years later about the, the mine fire? Are you angry about it? Um, well, I don't... What, what I was angry at at the time, I, I think that the... Um, Craig Lapsley, Lapsley he, he let, he let oh, the yeah. valley down because he, he come down here he's and he... The CFA, uh, he's the CFA, um, Emergency Services... Emergency Services Commissioner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he... Of uh, which CFA is a part. Yeah. Um, he come down here and after two weeks, he, he said, uh, Rightio, um, in two weeks we'll have it under control. Then another two weeks went by, and another two weeks of getting covered in smoke and dust went by. And uh, all right, then in another two weeks, and this went on for I think three, three or four cycles, three, three cycles. And so 
we lost faith in um, yeah. we lost faith in the ability of these people to to, right. to, to to tell us what was going on, and so people were then were then sceptical, and some were like really angry that and, and they 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 and there was a big meeting yeah. in Kurnot Hall, yeah. uh, and you know. Um, we, we wanted some action because it wasn't very good. Yeah. I guess what's really interesting to me is, is that you get from the SEC days and they seem to be... Like, there is a real strong sense here of nostalgia for those times, right? Do you think that's accurate? Um, it was a very patriarchal, very patriarchal uh, idea, organisation. Um, everyone that... Uh, you know, the gener- intergenerational employment there... Um, what the what the SEC gave us, which sadly I think that we've lost, um, is a number of um, um, so community service obligations, CSOs, and um, and these are things like um, the fact that there was six hundred people that were with a disability that were employed across the SEC. Now these people probably wouldn't be in regular employment, but they were, they, they, we found a role for them. Um, and, and they and they were worthy employees, and they had uh, their self respect because they had a pay packet, and they and they spent their money. So that was that was one thing. A, a bloody minded corporate privatised entity not interested in that. No, no. And so so that was something that that, that people have, uh, um, were sad that that left. If you looked at um, Mall in the Valley um, in the seventies. You know, you could you could basically start up a shop. You know, if there was a shop come available, you could start up a shop, start up a little business, and you really didn't have to do too too much. You could, you know, you could probably do all right because there was plenty of circulating uh, money in the in the um, the local economy because the, the the people who earned the money on the whole spent the money, and so and so from that from that point, um, we went from being a reasonably prosperous. Uh, to a um, a region that was relatively not prosperous, and um, while there were, there were people that did well, uh, there's also some people marginalised in in all of that as well. So, I think that that resentment is is, is still sort of under underlying. We, we, we've become a bit of a circle here, but yeah. um, that resentment is still underlying. Um, we know that we can't go back. So the new the new valley has to be has to be a different valley. And in, in one respect, um, Daniel Andrews is on the right track with his um, with his LVA in trying to um, diversify our, our economy. Mm-hmm. But see the people of the valley Kurt want to be in charge of it. We want to we, 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 we want to be able to say well we want to help ourselves. We we don't want some dollars thrown at us and oh those poor sods in the valley look they're, they're still going no good we'll throw a few more dollars at them that'll that'll cheer them up. Yeah. We don't want that. We the valley wants to take control of its of its own destiny. Yeah. And at the moment what what what's happening what what I can see it's all part of what's driven me mm. is that. Um, the the valley's not in charge of its destiny. It's very much in the political cycles. Kurt, vote for me, and I'll give you fifty solid solid jobs in a hub. Vote for me, and I'll cut your um, train travelling times to Melbourne by. Vote for me, and I'll increase the number of nurses in the emergency. At, yeah. And so, what happens is 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 the the politicians go back to Spring Street, and their accountability is not is not there. Yeah. So so that that is a powerful um, driver of, of, of the valley. And I think that's why um, so many independents have put their hands up and, and, and one of the drivers that people are people are uh, disenfranchised with the with the major parties. So I mean I, I look at the valley and I look at the kind of the unemployment rate and I look at statistics about how this leads to elevated social issues mm-hmm. like yeah. you know alcoholism and, and, and drug abuse and crime rates. But I don't think domestic they, violence. Domestic violence. Yeah. I don't think they capture the mood. I see the valley as, as referred to all the time when I go around as a proud place. It's mm. a very proud place, and I think pride can crystallise into anger quite quickly. Do you think that's happening here? Um, yeah, it's a fair it's a fair observation. Pride can crystallise. I think pride crystallises into anger when you're feeling um, that you ha- you're not being um, respected, and, and, and I don't think the people in the in the valley feels that uh, they've had the respect that uh, from central government, and so it's it's those people down in Spring Street, those people in Melbourne, it's those people in um, Northcote and Brunswick that are mm-hmm. that are making decisions about. You know, our future, and so if you if you talk to um, if you talk to locals about uh, coal, for example, and and they'll they'll say to you, and this is mums and dads, dads and pops, uh, 
workers they'll, they'll say I don't get why we can send coal to China, Japan and India and we've got a world class resource of coal here and we can't use our coal to help ourselves and, and the valley's stuffed mm-hmm. they, everyone to a person will say that to me and I, I, I had many, many people uh, coming up to me and, and, and saying, well, I'm, I'm going to vote for you. I had one this morning that says, well, I'm doing a postal vote. Can I bring it in? To, can you show me how to vote? Mm. I said, of course, I can't show you how to vote. But um, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but that's, the, that's the level that, that she, you know, because she had quite clearly not voted for an independent before. She Normally she would vote her, what, for her Labor or her, yeah. her, her, yeah. her Conservatives or whoever she voted for. Yeah. But, she, but she was making the point that um, she wanted to, that different voice to speak for her. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Can the can the valley really can they really trust foreign business? Now, well, this, to this, have the valley's interest. At this, heart? I think this this is this is a big big question, and this is this is uh, and I have to say that. I never really agreed with the privatisation of the SEC. And I'm thinking essential government services is, is one that... Um, and I had lots of discussions with my uh, economist friends about this. But I think in, that, in the, in the electrical, electrical industry, we're going to have to go back to some sort of centralised idea of it. So would you describe your, um, your typical supporter... Like people that are well, my, base. yeah, uh, yeah, the people that the, the people that um, that would support me, uh, uh, certainly all the workers. Mm-hmm. Is what they that's what they tell me. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's the uh, the average person that, that comes in off the street. Um, that they congratulate me. Um, yeah. it's the the older folk, the ones, that, and I think when when you say nostalgia, um, the older the older ones have an idea of the of the value of, of how it was. Kurt, we're not going to go back to how it was, mm-hmm. and so while they have that that idea that idea um, they, they can see that I represent some of the values that were presented then and, and it's that value idea that 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 idea of, uh, of of what they think that I believe in and I do believe in that lines up with them yeah so they're they're the folk it's it's older people not so much the young ones that my business is the younger younger demographic um, but most of the older Older folk have a, a, a like a common sense idea of it. They, yeah, okay. they 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 get the impracticality of renewable energy. Do you reckon the air's clearer since Hazelwood closed? Um, no, no, no I, don't, I don't think that's a, a factor. Okay. Um, there's you might like to do some research on um, air quality in the valley yeah. and about um, uh, air quality in Melbourne and, and comparing it. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not uh, an overexploiter of the environment, mm-hmm. but I, I am a supporter of people having jobs and self respect. Yeah. Yeah, and money, and being pr- and being proud, and being able to come and spend spend their money, and and, and be part of the community. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm for. Okay, well, thank you so much for taking your time out <laughs> and chatting to me. Right, I know it's not your traditional media outlet. So I am joined by Dan Caffrey, who is perhaps the most beleaguered minority here in the Latrobe Valley, a member of the Greens Party. In fact, he is the Greens candidate or up for pre-selection for Morewell and the Victorian state election. Dan is a teacher in Geraldgan and a key member of the Latrobe Valley Sustainability Group. Hello, Dan. Hi. Hi. Um, so can you describe what Greens membership is like in the Latrobe Valley? Uh, the Greens membership is uh, pretty sparse. Uh, actual members in the seat of Morewell, I think, is about eight so um, compared to um, probably there's only one other electorate that would be centred on Mildura, probably the Mallee electorate, um, that uh, receives less green votes than what we do here on most elections. How would you rate how Labor has handled the transition uh, away from brown coal with the closure of Hazelwood? About a thousand percent better than Kennett did. Uh, you know, the destruction of the Kennett years is... is you know, it can't be, it can't be downplayed. It was immense, and Labor, to the credit, have have really um, foreseen what was going to happen. They they knew that um, Hazelwood was on the cusp when they took power last time, and they, you know, I give them credit because they had the plan virtually in place to to um, swing into action, and you can see the shops in Mall. There's actually. Um, um, I don't know the latest employment figures, but up until about a year after the closure of Hayeswood, the, the employment rate 
um, unemployment rate was actually falling. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if you look at, at Centre Mall now, there's actually new shops opening, and whereas once there was you know, barred up and very ghetto-ish looking, you know, if you walk down the street in 1998, uh, yeah. Yeah. it was just a culture shock. That now that that seemed to be passing, and I think the other thing about um, the closure of Hazelwood is is that Mall has become a, a little bit more attractive destination, mm-hmm. and I suspect um, house prices. Well, I, I know house prices are rising in Mall, but during at the time of the uh, coal mine fire, they were the second lowest in Australia. Broken Hill was the only major town mm-hmm. that had lower median house price. Wow. So Mall is making a comeback and I think that um, the, the government money that was put in, the Latrobe Valley Authority, um, is able to um, basically choose where to invest in, in um, uh, community making schemes and, and um, socially acceptable schemes and, and um, Hopefully, more on the um, manufacturing things in the future to get up, such as our, um, our community-owned um, small-scale energy, like solar gardens and and uh, um, maybe one megawatt pumped hydro schemes and yeah. and things like that, where community can actually invest in these things and take some ownership of our um, energy production, yeah. which. We don't have a hope of doing it with the big operators, AGL, the shareholders, yeah. China Light and Power, Australian Energy. All right, there's Hong Kong shareholders um, making um, uh, paid no tax in Australia last year. You know, if I invested in a, um, um, a small uh, pumped hydro scheme out in the Strasleckis or maybe you know in the Great Divide just north of here. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I'd get income from that, I'd pay tax on it. How important is it that solutions in the valley come from the valley? Um, well, when we set up the Latrobe Valley Sustainability Group, our role was to actually educate people into the possibilities of renewable energy. So uh, what, what we've done is, is we introduced Russell North, who was a local mm-hmm. national politician at this state, now an independent, to the idea of this word transition. And uh, back in 2010, and we were happy for him to steal that word from us and, and get people talking about that. So we, it's like, you know, rotting the, the, the rotten core out and yeah. eating them from inside, this idea that coal can uh, go on and uh, be our eternal salvation forever. Um, and... I think it's important for people like us to be actually chipping away, chipping away all the time, and eventually you know, people start to engage us and debate us, and, and um, it's that process of finally winning over the masses. And I think things like we see the Great Barrier Reef absolutely you yeah. know, crushed in the drought east of here. If you go further east, and you know, families still got a farm at near Mafra, it's dust. Yeah. You know, middle winter, and, and you, you can kick dust out from mm. from the driveway. Um, so that is, and, and this is record breaking droughts, um, record breaking dryness two years in a row, and um, so over winter. So this was predicted. Dr. Graham Pearman of the CSIRO Atmospheric Physics Division back in 1996 told John Howard that predicted all this. He predicted the megafires. And now it's happening. I think people, um, especially country people, yeah. are taking um, um, another, um, you know, they're, they're accepting climate change yeah. a lot more now. Yeah. They're not believing what the nationals tell them. And um, one of the things I'm going to raise in, in this coming election is that, well, what is a Liberals and Nationals policy on climate change? What is it? <laughs> the issue within the valley for the Greens is historically they've been seen as an anti-development, anti-coal party that uh, represents inner city priorities and have been quite deaf to the the working class in the Latrobe Valley. Do you think the Greens will ever have to moderate their platform? I see that happening. I mean, we've 
get rightly accused of wanting to shut down the power stations, the coal-fired power stations. Mm. Um, we wrongly get accused of trying to show, throw a thousand people out of work with Australian paper. Um, the Greens' forestry policy is very um, fair and equi- equitable um, about that issue and basically what the Greens are saying now is we can um, replace the wood supply because the, the issue really is um, the forest, native forest logging and um, another of these destructive things that Kenneth's legacy left us was with that the um, the um, uh, oh, I suppose uh, the penalty payments that uh, the, the state would have to make to Australian paper if we couldn't guarantee that supply of wood for them, the pulp mill. I think um, I'd like to just mention also with the, the Greens relating to country people, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the Greens, we'd, we'd have fracking on the farmland now. We'd have, you know, big pipes joining up properties and cutting through people's boundary, um, polluting their water... Uh, massive earthworks and mm. all that type of stuff making many farms unfarmable putting neighbour against neighbour and you know I was part of the Lock the Gate surveys went around to the farms and, and country people, we know that one in ten well because nine in ten farmers and, and country people said you know rejected to, um, absolutely the um, gas companies coming in and but one in ten said they would be okay with that so mm-hmm. you know if the nationals get back in the, the first thing they will do is is to um, allow drilling for supposedly uh, conventional drilling but we know that there's no conventional gas left in Victoria uh, I think you know that's just a, a short end, thin end of the wedge getting into um, um, fracking again or fracking unconventional drilling operations with the green support they're able to get the the uh, fracking ban. So, you know, we've, country people have got to give us credit for that. Maybe a bit more about trying to um, win over more voters the industrial side, but certainly uh, the, we've still got our problems with that. Uh, but I think that the, the Greens supporting uh, uh, taking a strong stand on the casualisation of the workforce, fair days, pay for fair days work has, has never been as prevalent now with you know cuts in penalty rates for um, not only coal workers but all, all sorts of people and you know service industries and, and retail and all that type of stuff the greens have got the, the best policies most equitable type of solutions there yeah. um, you know collective bargaining and and all of those things that uh, guarantee people's rights and and um, sick pay and you know, like there's there's people that work for some of the, the contractors uh, that uh, run the Yulon mine, for example, and they are virtually on a um, on a standby basis. They're, they're casual. I think they get paid super, but uh, no holiday pay. They're afraid to say no because you know their boss. Well, will just choose someone else. There's a big supply. People probably. You know, in the 50s and 60s, who had permanent jobs, and when they were young, they would have worked in the SEC. Don't know many other um, forms of um, occupation, and um, they are afraid to say no. So, in the case of a friend of mine, um, saw him in the street one day. He looked about 20 years old, and what he did, dragging his feet, he just worked 12 hours um, down the mine, and then five hours off. Had to go back for another um, eight hours, I think. So, um, and I said, "Why are you? Why do you do it? It was a Saturday." <laughs> he said, "Oh well, you know, if I if I don't do it, they mightn't ring me next." So, this was never the case with the SEC. Everyone had a job. Mostly, it was poorly paid work, but you know, it was it gave people dignity of work. Um, Privatisation saw the workforce of 11,000 people drop down to 3,000 over a decade. Um, I think there's about still about 2,000 people in the industry now, in the coal industry. So, um, for those 
some of those jobs really high paid um, they'll vote nationals <laughs> yeah um, or yeah probably probably national to liberals but um, the rest they they uh, really got nothing to gain by um, you know voting for one of the right wing yeah. parties what do these workers that are well off actually have to gain by voting national um yeah they, they probably would vote national because thinking that they might get another coal-fired power station and a guarantee more work but uh, i think they can all see the writing on the wall and um you know i've had blokes from your lawn telling me oh you know can't they can't see the place staying open after 2025 or 26 and um i, I can't either from what the people I know that work there, it, it's basically falling apart. Asbestos dropping down our ceilings and all that type of stuff, and all they do is put a ropeway around it. There's nothing to stop stuff blowing up. Um, so uh, what's really interesting is I've been talking to um, Mark Richards, for example, about the just transition, yeah. and looking up what a just transition is, it's quite vague when you look at Paris, um, the Paris Agreement. Mm-hmm. So the it means different things to different people. What does a just transition mean to the Greens Party? Well, uh, it means a, tra- uh, a rapid transition to renewable energy um, so that we can guarantee um, affordable, cheap uh, electricity, especially to, to um, potential manufacturers who might move here. I think uh, renewable energy is definitely the cheaper cheapest option now is becoming cheaper all the time uh, I think by 2020 the, the situation is that um, wind plus backup power will be cheaper than yeah. what you know say AGL can supply to the grid um, so that that's that's something we have to take on board um, you know the operators of Liddell power station for example they knew that yeah. <laughs> They're not going to kick a dead horse to, to try and um, no. uh, keep it going. Um, the other thing about a just transition is is that, well, it's a little bit e- easier for Labor because they support the coal to hydrogen idea and the Greens, absolutely, we won't have a bar of that. We won't have a bar of carbon net. So there's um, you know, potentially, uh, well, certainly hundreds of jobs associated with those things that we, we, we can't back. But um, the, once you get a um, uh, the, the renewable energy basis, that will power a resurgence in, in manufacturing in the valley. Yeah, we've got the skills uh, from um, that are still here. We've got a lot of people that live here, and they're FIFOs. You know, they fly in, fly out to Broome or, or wherever they go, Queensland. A lot of them, and we could still provide manufacturing uh, or maintenance engineer jobs and, and, and these sort of things. And another good thing about the Greens is they haven't openly come out and, and you know, for us local Greens, uh, you know, poo-pooed the idea of, of the waste to energy which they're promoting. Uh, we'd get accused again. Uh, if the Greens in Melbourne came out and said, no, it's a rubbish, well, pardon the pun, <laughs> um, Idea, we're not having a bar of it. You know, we, we'd be the ones who get kicked in the pants here. Yeah. So um, I think they've, we've um, got to see it as um, well. We've got to judge it on the scientific basis and and make a judgment based on that. And um, um, if the science stacks up that it does release uh, reduce carbon emissions, it does you know create a better environmental outcome as far as um, for land use and, and um, waste disposal then, then you know we do it if it doesn't then then we don't okay well best of luck Dan alright yeah thanks for coming Kurt yeah thanks for having me This is James Henry here, and you're listening to 3CR, 8.55am, and digital streaming on 3cr.org.au.
Unfortunately, that's all we have time here at BZ Community Radio. I'd like to just introduce um, two people that have joined the team. There is Adele, who will be the production assistant coming into the end of this year and next year and going on. So hello, hello, Adele. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. And um, Julia, who will be doing social media marketing. So if you have any uh, tweets or anything on the Facebook page or um, the, the, e- uh, the email, our email address, uh, you will be talking to Julia. So hello, Julia. Hi, Kurt. Hey. Um, so Please have a look uh, at our website for this for this series. This is the third part after the smoke clears. com. au. Sign up, and we will be back next year for episode four and five. Tune in next week for Erin's roundup of the Victorian state election outside the electorate of Morwell. Obviously, this will give you all a chance to see what the different platforms of candidates are. One thing is for certain: climate change is a major issue this state election. And the seat of Went- as the seat of Wentworth in New South Wales shows, people are taking are making themselves heard on the issue of climate change through the polling booth. November twenty fourth is a rare opportunity to make politicians understand that not enough is being done to curb the effects of climate change by reducing emissions. Find out which politician is doing the most. Get out there and vote accordingly. Thanks to the team, Roger, Viv, Julia, Adele, and Andy. I'm Kurt Johnson. Beyond Zero Emissions is a not-for-profit research and education organisation. We design blueprints for a zero emissions economy. As climate change action becomes an emergency, leaders will use these well-researched plans that show a transition is possible from a 19th century fossil fuel-based economy with its climate-changing emissions to a zero emissions 21st century. Check out our website for reports on zero emissions energy, zero emissions exports and industry, zero emissions transport, zero emissions buildings, and zero emissions land use. Podcasts of our shows contain a who's who of community action and climate solutions. They're all available on the web at bze.org.au. We'd love your ideas for this show, so contact us at radioteam at bze.org.au or even write to us, care of Radio 3CR, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, Victoria. You can make that attention, BZE Radio.